by the powers of the spirits of the East, who bring light, humor, and clarity, we call to the witches. By the powers of the spirits of the South, who bring protection, passion, and courage, we call to the witches. By the powers of the spirits of the West, who bring harmony, strength, and healing, we call to the witches. By the powers of the spirits of the North, who bring abundance, growth, and peace, we call to the witches. Desert Jen and Obsidian Musette Sage, here to share our knowledge with you on all things witchcraft. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Crones of the Wild Wastelands. Greetings, this is Desert Jen, Lady Sonica, and Amethyst Wolf. There he is. <laughs> okay, before we go any further, let's have Lady Sonica pull the card of the episode. Again, I'm pulling from the Celtic Dragon Tarot, and today's card we pulled is the King of Cups. This card represents a loving and caring masculine influence. There is a probability of a journey across water, you may experience episodes of ups and downs. So this card comes with emotional events. Great. Be attuned to what goes on around you. See the masculinity and where does it come from. Time to put out there what you need to have done for yourself. Announcements. We have got some big plans for Samhain people. Come September 1st, we'll start letting you know a little bit of information at a time. But we have got big plans for, for Samhain. So keep listening and you'll hear a little more about it. Okay. And now, because Maybon's coming up next month, um, that's our subject for the day. Maybon. It's on the equinox and... um it will be September 23rd at 2.50 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, marking the 2023 Fall Equinox. The equinox happens when the sun's center crosses the Earth's equator in a north-to-south direction. In the, summer, in the southern hemisphere, the opposite happens, welcoming the spring equinox. After the fall equinox, the nights will become longer, faster, and the days shorter until the winter solstice, Yule. Moon phase for the upcoming equinox will be a waxing gibbons at 61%, and the moon will be nine days old. Next full moon, the harvest moon, will be September 29th. So um, do your planning as you may for the phase of the moon. On the wheel of the year, the fall equinox or may the fall equinox or maven is the last Sabbath on our Wheel of the Year and the Second Harvest Festival. The next Sabbath will be Samhain, the Third Harvest Festival, and the beginning of the Wheel of the Year for us. Lady and Sonica and Amethyst, do you have anything you want to add? Not at this point, no. Maban is a unique ritual into itself. I currently don't have anything to add at this okay. time. Okay. 
What is the celebration of Maban? Maban celebrates the fall equinox along with the emphasis on balance. Being an equinox, this is one of the two times Earth actually achieves balance, the same amount of hours in the day and night. Maban also celebrates the second harvest festival. Traditionally, during the second harvest, cabbage, lettuce, melons, beans, carrots, peas, squash, tree fruits, such as apples and nuts, are ready to or have been harvested. Let the feast and the preserving begin. During Maban, mysteries may be revealed. Now, I, I when I was doing my research, I couldn't find much about the mysteries. So if one of you guys know what these mysteries are, maybe you can talk to it at the end of this. When reflecting on the day, pay respect to the spirit world and reflect on achievements of your labors. Refer back to your goals that were set earlier in the year at Embolic and Ostera. Reflect on how these goals have been fulfilled. Okay. (laughs) Look at any unfinished business and, if possible, get it done before winter or Yule. It is time to harvest. During your reflections, let go of things that no longer beneficial to your life. Begin thinking about goals and dreams for the upcoming year. Cement those goals and dreams early in the wheel of the year during embolic and the spring equinox. Do you guys have anything to add to that? No, it is one of the last harvests of the year, which is time to take a step back and, you know, see, do I have enough to go through the winter or do I need to reinforce? Now is the time. Um, This is also a time to... Be in balance. Be in balance not only with Earth, but those around you. In pre-Christian history, the Celts celebrated the fall equinox. The Druids called this celebration, I'm not trying it. Can you say it, Teresa? Oktoberfest? No, no, no. The Druids called this celebration, it's M-E-A-N-F-O-M-H-A-I-R. Celtic language is something I just... Okay. Well, I spelled it out. Um, And the green man was paid homage by pouring libations such as ciders, wines, herbs, and or some sort of fertilizer. They also celebrated their gratitude to the natural world and their deities for for the existing harvest and the continuation as the weather begins to chill. One historical activity was, in some places still is, the ritual of John Barleycorn. The ritual tells... The story of planting, growing, and harvesting. In the ritual, three stalks of barley are tied together with raffia and some red wool. Do you guys have anything to add to any of this? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. In Celtic or Welsh myth, the god of darkness defeats the god of light, thus the longer nights. In another Celtic myth, Modron, the goddess of the earth gave birth to a son, Maban. He was kidnapped for three days. During those three days, light went into hiding. The story also reflects the male aspect of the Sabbath. The myth holds similarities to the Greek myth of Demeter and Persephone when Demeter, in grief for her lost daughter, turned the earth cold and barren. Modern celebrations of Maban began in the 70s, when the pagan religions began a major resurgence. Do you have anything to add to that? Um, I will add that Maban was celebrated in the more open-minded communities 
um, back in the 17th century, that was one of the big um, times for the young women to find out who their possible mate was going to be by cutting into the apple. Okay. Which was a big thing. What did they find when they cut open the apple? I mean, what told them who their mate was going to be? Well, usually when you cut into an apple, going from side to side through the middle, Mm -hmm. not up and down. Right. If you went from side to side, you got a five-pointed star. Yeah. Depending on how many seeds, depending on how many seeds were in the arms of the, the, the star, you dug them out, you counted them, A, B, C, D, you know, you just counted out the numbers, and whatever number it was, was a number in the alphabet that it would hit upon. Say you cut into the apple and you got um, A, B, C, D, E, F, okay, six seeds. You would, your husband or your mate in the future, his first name would start with the name, with the letter F. You know what that reminds me of? When we were kids, we would take an apple and then we would wind it from the stem and you go A, B, C, and then wherever it broke was the letter of the, oh, I I see where that came from. Yes, same concept. It's interesting how these things change, but are the same throughout time. Yeah, Well, like I said, from the 17th century until now, it's still pretty much the same. Yeah. Okay. How is it celebrated in different cultures? Ancient Greece had a celebration of the wine grape harvest. They also celebrated the, the return of Persephone to the underworld and her husband, Hades. Bavaria? In Bavaria, they celebrate Oktoberfest, a fairly recent harvest celebration from the 1700s. The harvest is celebrated with lots of food, drink, and festivity. In China slash Vietnam, the Moon Festival is a mid-autumn celebration during the harvest moon. It is a time to honor family and unity. It is also a time for celebration in abundant harvest. Mooncakes are made and gifted to family and friends, wishing them a long and happy life. Japan, both equinoxes are official holidays. The fall equinox is called the six days of, well, I'm going to give it a try, Haigen. It is a Buddhist celebration and uses this time to remember those who have passed over and tending the graves of those they loved. In India, they have a celebration that lasts several days. Instead of the male aspect seen in the pagan celebration, they, the holiday celebrates the feminine in Divai Shati. Hindu, Hindus honor her presence and pay respect to the feminine spirit. Mexico, on the equinox, the return of the feathered servant god, Kuklakan, is on the equinox, the return of the feathered servant god Kuklakan is watched as the shadow slithers down the pyramid at Chicha Itza. I know that's not right. Do you guys have anything to add? You're very close. Very close. Um, as one who has seen the morning sun when it comes up over the pyramid, um, it really does look like a snake uh, uh, slithering down the steps. Oh, wow. It really honest, and it it stops right where the head of Kukulakan is. Wow, I'd love to see that. I'd love to go down there and look at all that stuff. My cousin lived down there for years. 
Anyway, okay, the deities that are celebrated during Mavan include, but are not exclusive, but do include Kaliich, which is Celtic. How do I pronounce this next one? C-E-R-E-S. Fornos. Okay, Roman. Ipana, again, is a Roman god. Mayat is Egyptian. Um, Megadine Buhana is Celtic with the Scots. Madrone, which is Celtic with the Welsh. Morgan, which is Celtic with the Welsh. Pomona, which is Greek. Persephone, who is Greek. And the Muses, which is Greek. Okay, for the gods that can be celebrated, we've got Cyrenos, Celtic. Dionysus, Greek. Green Man, Celtic. Faunus, Roman. Hermes, Greek. Mabon, which is Celtic. Thor, who is Norse. And, okay, is it Thoth or Toth? Thoth. Thoth, who is Egyptian. Do you guys have any other gods or anything you want to discuss on them? Um, the only other god put in there is Kai. And Kai is kind of a Scottish, Irish god, but he is a father god. And he is also the only triple god oh. in the male deities. Okay. Cool. And that's the only other one. Do you have any um, gods to add to that, Amethyst? Um, I do. I also have some goddesses as well. Okay. Um, I have Demeter, um, Greek. She's the goddess of harvest. Um, Nikau, which she's a goddess that belongs in the Canyonite. Uh, she's the goddess of orchid, orchards, orchards. I don't know why I pronounced that weird. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> um, the snake woman, she's a Minoan goddess of the household and the underworld. Harmonia, she's a Greek goddess of harmony and unity, which is perfect for Milan. Yeah. Um, Prosperpina, she's a Roman goddess of the underworld. And then as far as gods go, I found like a ton more that were obviously not on the list. Um, Hote, which is the Buddhist god of contentment and happiness, oh. also known as the Laughing Buddha. Haran, a mm. Kenyanite god of the underworld. Yurik which is the Kenyanite god of the moon. There's also the great horn god of European, um, god of nature, wilderness, sexuality, hunting, and life cycle. Pan, the Greek god of the wild. Um, Hern, which is the British god of wild stag in the forest. Bacchus, the Roman god of agriculture and wine. Vertumnus, the Roman shape-shifting god of the seasons. And then Shai, I'm not sure if you're if I'm pronouncing this correctly. He's a Egyptian god of fate and destiny. Oh, cool. Okay, well, Very I found low. some of those, but I was not going to try to pronounce them. <laughs> okay, correspondences. Let's start with symbols. One of the major symbols are apples. Apples symbolize healing, health, and energy, regeneration, life, and mortality, fruit harvest, rejuvenation. Restoring youth and lengthening life, origin of life. And as most pagans know, the apple holds the secret pentagram inside. When cut through the middle, the pentagram becomes apparent along with the five seeds indicating the five elements. The cornucopia or horn, horn of plenty, it's a sign of balance, abundance, harvest, and the plenty that the harvest brings. It is said to also symbolize both, both the masculine with the phallic and the feminine with the hollow receptor. Do you guys have anything to um, exactly. 
No, you're dead on. Okay. I do. Okay. Um, so apples, no, they can also represent wisdom and harvest. Um, the cornucopia, I also found that it's for all about fertility and prosperity. Uh, another correspondence yes. or a symbol is a sunflower. It brings oh, that is one that I have, yeah. Warmth, happiness, and spiritual growth. Another one that I found was wines and grapes, or I guess grapes, because it's a process of wine making. Um, the process of creating wine, the movement of pressing grapes, done with the feet, stimulated the concrete bond with our environment. The foot symbolizes in this process representing journeys and advancements. Also, dry leaves um, represent growth and rebirth, how most plants get energy. Um, the chlorophyll absorbs sunlight, gives the leaves their color. Connection that exists between all living beings with natural energy is demonstrated. Growth and rebirth can be achieved if our energy is redirected and used well. Now, the leaves falling represent death and sadness, but there's also a plus side to that is that it produces new nutrient-rich soil, which then can help our crops grow, or in the next year, leaves become part of a cycle in which death is no longer the end. It's a phase of the cyclic journey of our life. Many cultures also use leaves as a symbol of the soul's journey. Oh. Um, another sign or symbol is a swan. It's the bird of the equinox, our soul's immortali immortality. Um, it's also said that swans also guide the dead to the afterlife in some cultures, so swans are definitely important. Thank you, Amethyst. Yes, thank you. Okay, now we're going to start talking about the actual um, ceremony or ritual. Um, we'll start with, with um, the altar. Plan ahead. Decide how you're going to do it. Decide if you're just going to have it for, for, for your ritual or if you want to have it up for the season. Um, as many of us are solitary, it is important to remember the following is only a recommendation. Follow your tradition or just make it yours. This is one of the benefits of being solitaire. When performing a solitary ritual, one would decorate their altar with the symbols as discussed, such as apples, leaves, acorns, making sure that whichever deities you are calling on is also represented. Your candles. Depending on your tradition, you can have the main god and goddess candles, candles for the elements, and maybe some candles colored in the Maybon theme. Coven or group? Okay, let's start with coven. And Sonica and Amethyst, I have no experience with a coven. And um, basically what I want to know is what? how does the coven um, create their Sabbath altar? I mean, is it just someone does, you know, someone just make the decisions or is it a group effort and that sort of thing? It's usually um, the high priest and priestess that um, tell their uh, right hand man, their next in line um, to prepare the altar. And they will have nine times out of 10 um, things already written out what they want on the altar. Um I can tell you from a high priestess's standpoint, um, there are several different items usually in front of a equinox altar than a Sabbath altar. Oh, okay. Um, and in our in in my coven, uh, we usually dress the coven uh, the altar, which was it was not a small altar; it was fairly long. Um, we would have 
of course, gods, depiction of the gods, the candles, um, the bell, the amethyst, the chalice, the offering plate. But in front of the altar, we would have a larger cauldron, and that would be, uh, okay, say we're doing a Mabon. Mabon, we would usually have things like uh, leaves, acorns, and uh, sunflowers, most definitely. But we wouldn't fill it because during the Mabon ritual, there's usually um, a spell working being done. And each and every person would write out their spell, fold it up, and put it within the cauldron. At Just before the closing of the cauldron, the cauldron would be brought out and it would be, fire would be added to it to send our spell workings out to the universe. Um, many different cultures do many different things. You know, um, dress it up, put foliage on your table, put um, foods on your table, pumpkins, squashes, um, ears of corn, apples. You know, put it all on your cauldron. I mean, on your altar table. And then get your altar table set up. Ours, um, our offering plate at that point in time would also be changed. Um, we would use, instead of the silver offering pl platter, we would use a copper to deal with the colors of Mabon. Um, we'd have our candle workings done. Um, you know, dress, dressing up a cauldron for a coven is a little bit different than setting an altar for a solitary. But the same emphasis goes for both. You want to dress it up in the aspect and the glory of Mabon. It is an equinox. It is a harvest equinox. Use those things. Set it out there. Anything to add, Amethyst? I do. Um, so going back on what Lady Sonica said about like decorating the altar in regards to um, the Sabbath corresponding, um, I guess it also depends on like a certain like if you follow a specific tradition or if you are just like like a coven with like a group of friends, um, because I know in like the coven that I'm a part of is that we don't only um, decorate the altar. We also decorate the whole circle. Um, we have what is called our temple and we do have a carpet that is circ circular in shape. Um, so we decorate not only the altar, but we also decorate that carpet. We decorate the boundary so that way it's, it's kind of like a, how should I say this? Like we use all of our senses to kind of change our awareness from the mundane to our magical personas, our magical ways. Um, yeah. so we we decorate it with items or the of the corresponding Sabbath. So for example, from a from a bond, we would use acorns and leaves as well as pine cones. Um, and then we we not only we don't put our like um our element candles on the altar itself. We use we use our we use our carpet a majority of the time. Um now, if it, if I was solitary, I would obviously put the elements on the altar itself, just because it would be way way much more safe than the carpet in the apartment. Um, we would, I guess, there's also staples or essential things that will be on the altar, like Lady Sonica said. 
you always want to have your goddess and god representation on there at all times your tools most tools on the altar are shared there are of course those that are not going to be shared or touched by anyone again this is just like my beliefs and my tradition is that um especially your athame that's a personal item you don't really want somebody else's energy on it so it is a rule in our coven that nobody touches anybody else's athame but we do put shared items onto the altar um so that way it it's kind of like a home it's we all come together we all bring something from home to put on the altar that represents us um and then we just our personal ones are ones that are not supposed to be touched we keep on ourselves or we put down on the carpet right beside us and everyone knows those are our personal belongings um but yeah ultimately everyone contributes but it's just kind of shifting your focus from the mundane everyday life to your magical life and then going from there cool um <clears throat> you cover a lot of what i was going to talk about with a group but let me um in my own definition here between a group and a coven is that a group doesn't have a hierarchy there you know it's um whoever's house it is at they're they're, they're leading things um much like i mean i met both of you through circles and um so keep that in mind when i talk about groups and um, Sonica and Amethyst talk about uh, um, covens. Okay, in most of the um, groups that I have belonged to, um, the altar is a group effort. Everyone is bringing something that signifies Mabon for the altar. It is. It was usually, I don't have a circle that I belong to right now, so it was usually the responsibility of those who host to provide the basic altar. Again, I stress this only applies to groups I belong to. As with everything witchy, it is up to the participants. There were multiple, if, if there are multiple traditions involved, make room on the altar to represent their traditions. Other than that, use the colors and symbols I spoke of earlier. Let yours and the others' imaginations run wild. Before we leave this, do you guys have anything else? Okay. I do not. Not except for um I noticed that when Amethyst was talking about his um coven experiences, you did yours all inside, I'm understanding. Yes. Amethyst. Um, so if the weather permitted, we would do we would host some um some of our rituals outside, but more than half the time we usually use our temple. Yeah, so, instead yeah. of raining it's probably too okay. hot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And in our coven, it was most usually always outside when we celebrated a um, Sabbath because there was just too many people to hold them all inside. Yeah. Okay, let's get on to writing the ritual. Um, As usual, we're going to stress, do this ahead of time, okay? Um, So you're doing your, your Maban ritual alone. You have your plan for your altar, or you have set it up to use throughout the season. You have designated what deities you wish to honor and wondering what's next. I will become, during this discussion, I will be combining solitary and group together in these recommendations. Most groups are made up of solitaires anyway. Um, as for covens, can Lady Sonica and Amethyst Wolf explain to the audience how a coven plans and performs a Sabbath ritual? Um, okay, I'll go first. When a coven is celebrating a 
Sabbath or an equinox, um, it is mapped out months in advance of what's going to ta- take place. We kind of brainstorm a little bit and figure out what is the one aspect of the of the ritual that we're going for, be it a balance, be it a healing, be it, you know, something to that effect. Um, and then usually the first priestess, not high priestess, but priestess, priestess and priests are kind of more or less, you know, uh, put together and they write out the ritual. They tweak it, write it out, depending on, you know, in our group, we had close to 60 members. And we wanted to add as much as we could so at least more than half of the members got to participate in some way. So you have to really think about what you're doing at that point in time. It's kind of sort of like choreographing a show, you know. It really honestly is. And keep to the main idea. Um are we going to have members interact or are we going to have members drumming during the ritual? Are we going to have members, you know, um, dancing for the prosperity of the harvests? Yeah, we had to think of things like that. Um, did we have 60 members all the time? No, but the basis, we had 60. And... Um, you know, we tried to incorporate as many individuals as we could because, let's face it, people want to feel wanted. They don't want to be led around like sheep. They want to participate. And the more participation you give them, the better they feel. And the more harmonious the coven is. Um, for a group, that's a lot different because you're not dealing with as many people. Anything else, Dad? I do. Um, so... I from from my point of view is that with our coven, um, the sabbats are kind of already written. Um, they might be tweaked a little bit, but the main concept and the like main rituals has been passed down for generations. Just because um, with my specific tradition, it's a lineage. Um, so we have what we call inner court and outer court. So. Obviously, the rituals are always going to be different for inner court versus outer court. Um, but an important thing is that the high priest and high priestess never take on the entire ritual by themselves. Um, there's always the dividing of roles. So certain things may be asked of certain members, um, but everyone always participates and contributes, um, whether that's bringing candles, that's bringing incense, that's bringing supplies that the altar needs like salt water um just so that way one they don't have to make sure that something is missed because obviously that that takes away from the beauty of the ritual um so you want you want to make sure that everything is included in the circle boundary so that way it goes smoothly um so yeah that is kind of all i have as far as a like coven plan and performing a rituals a Sabbath ritual. Okay, cool. Not Thank that you. much different from a group, except for, you know, not that much different. Amethyst hit upon a few things that I did not hit upon, and I thank him for it. Because, yes, that is the same aspect as in a coven, a larger coven. Okay, so let's go into being a solitary. 
Maybe you don't want to perform a full witchy ritual with the corners, etc. You may want to do one of the following. Celebrate the season with crafts. Do up your house or your room with all the symbols of the Sabbath honoring it. Do up your house or your room with all the symbols of the Sabbath honoring the Sabbath while you are performing the crafts. Fix them upon worthy feast for yourself your family, or your non-witchy friends using traditional foods and drink. We'll talk more about food and drink here in a little bit. Um, if you live someplace that's got orchards, um, go harvest some apples. Depending on your location, you may have to do this earlier than Mabon. If so, harvest early and learn to make cider. Put your intent into the cider as you make it. Take a walk somewhere. <laughs> I know it's not as easy as it sounds, but it would be a, a great activity to celebrate the season. Um, you can make some really good um, apple cider. <laughs> yeah, I can put my intent in it oh so well. Yeah, it's I've had homemade cider versus the stuff you buy in the stores, and it is so much different. Um, oh, it is most definitely. Take a walk somewhere full of trees changing colors. If you live someplace where trees are not indigenous like myself, you may want to drive a bit to get there. Or you can pick an area of town that has tree-lined streets with lots of fall colors or a park. Fill yourself with the beauty of the season. Maybe a pumpkin spice latte to drink on your walk while you sit in, or while you sit in the park. Collect leaves, acorns, and other symbols of Mabon to take home and put on your altar. If your group so wishes, or you have a group of non-witchy friends who like to hike, take a hike up the trail together on Mabon, soaking in all Mother Nature has to offer in the autumn season. Either yourself or your group, volunteer at a local shelter and see what they need. Then share your abundance with them, whether it be material or time. As a solitary, you can also cleanse your house on Maybon, smudge your home with the appropriate herbs like sage, lavender, rosemary, whatever smudging herb you desire. Do you guys have anything else for maybe a solitaire who doesn't want to do a ritual can do for um, Maybon? No, you pretty well hit it on the head. Okay. All the following preparatory... Okay, you need to take your steps ahead of time, people. Do not wait until the last minute to write your ritual if you're doing a full ritual. Um, I like to wait till the last minute, and it never gets pulled off all too well. Um, but more thought should go into a Sabbath ritual. Start a week, and at the latest, a few days before Mabon. If this is a group ritual, spread the steps out between the participants. Have everyone participate in one way or another. It has been my practice that the host generally leads the ritual to keep things on track, but everyone has a speaking and equal part in the ritual. The following steps work for both group and solitary rituals, unless noted otherwise. If a group decide if the ritual will be written by one or and reviewed by all, or during the during a session where everybody participates in the writing of the ritual. Before writing anything, decide your intent. Will you work spells? Or is this a ritual just to honor the deities in the Sabbath? If it's a ritual that includes a, includes spell work, what will the spell encompass? Again, decide on intent. If it's a full-on ritual you want, write your call to the corners, elements, or watchtowers, as is your tradition. 
I personally like to write new verses each time customized to what is being performed in the ritual. Try to write it with Meban in mind. Decide what deities you will be asking to join you in the ritual. Some recommend a dark goddess because of the balance now turning to the longer nights and darkness. You may not be comfortable celebrating the dark aspect of the goddess, which is fine. Find one that you are comfortable with. Anything you want to talk about with writing the ritual? Not with writing the ritual, but understand this is a celebration of harvest. Yes. Make sure that you include the preparation of nice meal that deals with the aspects of the harvest. Yeah, we 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 get into that a little bit later. Okay. Okay, uh, next questions you need to ask is, will your ritual be for gratitude? Will it be a celebration of abundance, a hearth blessing, a divination? Decide now. Once you decide who and what will be honored or celebrated, start writing. I will post a link in the episode webpage to a master ritual sheet for free. This may help you organize the ritual, the writing of the ritual. After the calls to the corners and the deities, the main event happens. In a group, someone should state the intent of the ritual and give a few words. For solitaires, give your thanks and gratitude, if appropriate, and or start your spell work. I personally believe your spell work should be in the spirit of Maban. Ask for continued abundance or start your divination, whether it be scrying, pendulum, cards, tea leaves, etc., if a group, now would be an opportune time to have everyone speak to the gratitude or thoughts of the season. It would be a great time for the group to do crafts related to the season. When this portion of the cra- the ritual closes out, it's time for cakes and out- ale. If in a group, starting with the host, pass the plate of cakes, the cake can be any form. From a bond, maybe pumpkin bread, spice cake, moon cake, something like that. As for ale, again, whatever you want. If in a group someone does not participate participate in alcohol, offer cider, apple juice, or other appropriate libation. If alcohol isn't a problem, hard cider, wine, beer, all are more than appropriate. If a solitaire, you only need one plate of offering and libation. Take a bite and a drink, leave the rest for the spirits that are attending and properly dispose of that after the ritual and feast. Close out your ritual. Thank the deities in the corners while releasing them. Again, um, when you're releasing them, write it so that it, it, it reflects Mabon. Okay. Um, when you're making an offering plate, you said properly dispose of. Let's clarify what that means. Okay. That means not throwing it. That means taking the offering plate and taking it someplace outside and leaving it and letting those know that this is an offering unto that they're more than welcome to partake. Don't throw it out your back door. No. Don't throw it away. We usually put it on the front you know, step and let let the fairies come and feast. <laughs> yes. Close out your ritual. Thank the deities in the corners while releasing them. Close the circle, and now it is time for feast. One of my favorite things. During the planning stages for a group ritual, decide who brings what and if there will be a theme. Fall themes for ritual feast is always delish. Anything else you guys want to add? No. Um, After the ritual's over, it is time to celebrate 
your harvest, celebrate your friends, celebrate your life, and <laughs> drink deep and be merry. Yes. Um, I do have one thing that I want to kind of speak on. Um, so in my tradition, when we like before we even do a ritual, we um we fast. So I know it's probably not healthy for some individuals because obviously some some individuals cannot fast. Um, but with us, we we try to fast for at least 24 hours. The bare minimum would be if we're having a ritual at seven or eight, we would we would stop we stop eating at 12 o'clock, like so noon, um, which kind of just puts you into a completely different headspace as well. So that would kind of leave an imagination for like a whole different experience as far as ritual goes, because not only are you looking forward to the feast, because obviously if you're, if you're fasting, you're going to want to eat afterwards. Um, But it also contributes majorly to the whole ritual experience because it's like you're, you're able to experience those five senses without anything heavy in your stomach. In even if we are fasting, um, it is said that to only have like crackers and water um, leading up to that noon o'clock or that noon time period. So that way, when the feast comes, you can indulge as much as you want. But during that time, just enjoy the ritual. So that way, your mind is in the headspace, is in the ritual itself, and not focused on anything else. So Cool. I like that. That okay. is very good, Amethyst. Being a high priestess of a coven, you're under a whole new set of guidelines. And one of the first things for any of our participants is we need a medical record on them. And if there is any kind of medical reason that for diabetes, for, you know, whatever reason um, that they can't partake, participate in a fast, we don't offer that. We ask them to not indulge deeply to keep it light because there will be a feast afterwards. But as, as one who runs a coven, we're under a completely different set of guidelines as far as the medical awareness of each and every covener. Gotcha. And I would highly, I would be highly um, neglectful if I didn't say to those that are coming up that would rather have a group or a coven, regardless if it's a group or a coven. If you're the one that is sponsoring it, please make sure you know of each and every member's medical needs. Absolutely. Especially allergies. Um, allergies. Um, like, uh, say, for instance, you know, there are times that we do sweats um, prior to a ritual. We have to know if there are individuals that cannot do this. Um, I'm not going to say who, but a priestess that was well known to me she did not do this and she took her individuals into a sweat and one of her individuals died yeah and i knew her group and the death of this person was could have been avoided 100 percent um so you know just fyi people if you're going to become a head of a group or a coven please be smart take your coveners health into consideration when you're dealing or writing out or going to have some kind of event or a ritual or 
a Sabbath or so on and so forth. Your governor's health, your group's health is priority. Is absolutely priority. And that's the only thing I want to add to that. Okay. Well, my favorite part of the ritual, especially group ritual, is the feast. Most I have been involved with have been potluck. As I mentioned before, plan ahead with your group and figure out if there will be a theme or just a free-for-all. And again, you know, stress what Sonica said. Make sure that any um, allergies and special dietary needs are taken care of because you don't want somebody to have to use an EpiPen or a, a trip to the ER. Free-for-alls sometimes... Or life. Right. Free-for-alls... And- are sometimes more fun as each dish is a surprise. Traditional foods. As with any feast, bread made from the harvest of grains was on the table. Meats generally were wild game, such as venison, rabbit, fowl, freshwater fish. Seasonal vegetables included vine veggies, such as squash, eggplant, beans, and peas. Late ripening fruits included apples, raspberries, peaches, plums, pears, figs, grapes, and blackberries. For snacks, bowls of walnuts and other fall ripening nuts were appropriate. Dishes were prepared as the way of the times. During ancient times, it would be over an open fire. There are There is a couple of YouTube channels that show recipes and techniques from the past. I will put a link in the episode webpage to those channels if you wish to see how ancient food was prepared. More adaptation, modern adaptations. Personally, I'm not going to go out and find a rabbit to cook. Um, it just brings up this vision of Bugs Bunny and the Witch, you know, and it just, um, yeah. Um, or other wild game in that fact. Um Freshwater fish is a possibility, but I'm very unlikely to go fishing that time of year. So what does a modern witch prepare? There is a wealth of web pages with recipes from Aban alone. Here are some suggestions. Herb roasted fowl. Use chicken, turkey. Yes, it's still two months until Thanksgiving. Turkey is more than appropriate. Duck, goose, game hands, the like. A pot roast is always good for for um, a feast. Uh, make it pork or beef, slow cooked in a pot would very much be appropriate. Also, uh, pheasant and game hens are very much called for at that point in time. Yes. Yes, I forgot about pheasants and, and, and quail. And um, there's another one. I can't think of what the... What, game. Yeah, the different types of game hens. Game. Guineas, yes. Guineas. And also... And also, also shrooms. Um, it, it's the last picking of the season for mushrooms. Oh, don't forget there. Just be careful. If you know your shrooms. Very true. If you're lucky, you get some special ones. Okay. Roast yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll add to the um to the ritual for sure. <laughs> well, just joking, nowadays, people. Nowadays, all you have to do is walk in the store and you can buy those. Yep, you can't sure can in Oregon. Roasted root vegetables. A sheet pan filled with root vegetables such as carrots, parsnips, turnips, potatoes, coated with olive oil and garlic is a simple but yet, but very tasty side. To jazz it up, add your favorite herbs or include some sort of winter sh- squash to the mix. Breads. Experiment. If you're into making breads, try rye, barley, or oat flours. Make rolls along with your breads. Bake some apples. 
Use brown sugar and butter and fall spices like cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, allspice, or just plain pumpkin pie spice if you're a fan. Make your own compound butter using favorite herbs, heavy cream, and a pinch of salt. With the advent of the food processor, making your own butter takes less than 30 minutes. I strongly suggest you use a heavy cream with as few additives as possible. You don't need a food processor, but it does make the process a little easier. YouTube has some excellent videos on the process of making your own butter. To make it compound butter, mince fresh herbs and add it to the butter. Roll it into a cylinder shape, wrap it with plastic wrap, and, refre- and refrigerate until until the feast and it comes out and you've got some pretty tasty butter. Um, honey butter, mix butter and honey for an excellent addition to your breads. Anything made out of pumpkin, from soup to pie to cake to bread. For vegans and vegetarians, huh? Pumpkin stew is absolutely delish. Oh, I've never had pumpkin stew. Oh, it's fabulous. You cook the whole thing in a pumpkin, a cleaned out pumpkin. Yes, I have tasted that before. It is very, very good. Yes, it is. For vegans and vegetarians, pot pie would be appropriate for a main course. Homemade or jarred applesauce. Get adventurous and put pumpkin pie spice in the applesauce. It is a snack board with fruits and berries of the season, cheeses, preserved meats, rolls, crackers, and the like. Everybody just reaches in and gets what they like. Maybe a little cream cheese and things like that. I think you get the idea. With approximately 152,000 hits, from a Google search for Maban Foods, you should be able to find your heart's desire. Is there anything else you would add for um, foods for Maban? I like to make up a um, kind of like a fruity trail mix using candied squashes, uh, candied uh, like uh, peaches or candied. Oh, what am I trying to think of? Uh, Oh, candied fruit. Make candied fruit. Mix it in with some, uh, I cheat and use corn checks. And then mix your nuts in it and drizzle over a little tiny bit of honey. Mix it all up and that's snack food. That's a good one. The fruit stands are in town. So I think I'm going to go tomorrow and get some apricots and peaches and that's things what, like that to dehydrate for Mabon. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Apricots, candied apricots. Ooh. And you cut them in little squares and you uh, dry out some strawberries and dry up some raspberries and maybe a couple blueberries, throw them in there and then add your nuts and like I said, I cheat. I use a little bit of corn checks and mix it all together. Tell you what, the kids love it. <laughs> okay, do you guys have anything to add just in general about um, Mabon? In general, Mabon is a celebration. It's a celebration of our almost last harvest until we come into our winter years where we're stuck inside with each other. Mabon. Let go of things that you don't need to be bringing along with you. If you got an issue, let it go. Find your balance. Find your balance not only within yourself, 
but with you and the earth. Reap in your harvest. Be thankful for your harvest. Don't go around muttering all day, 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 you know, that's not thankful. Um, if you do any of your um, meat buying, think about your meat for the, the winter and that time. Um, Mabon was also a time of, um, uh, how do you put this delicately? Um, getting the animals ready for slaughter. You know, um, that would be the time Mabon would start doing that. But that was also, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Um, don't have to do that anymore. We have specialty stores. And if you want to do some specialty things, you know, you can get get it wherever you can get it. You don't have to go out tramping through the woods and kill it and do it yourself. Um, if you're a hunter, go for it. If you're not, go to a specialty store. Um, but above all of everything, above the rituals, above everything, Mabon is a time of balancing not only yourself, but yourself within your life and your life within this earth. And that is one of the most important things. I agree. To be balanced. Is there anything you want to add overall and my, before we close out, Amethyst? How about you, Amethyst? Um, so just going back on what um, Desert Jen and Lady Sonica said, take this time to kind of kind of look within. Um, you know, it's a time for reflection on this year's growth. Um, look at the intentions that you set at on Imbolc, and then look at how they're bringing to fruition. If it's not fr- coming to fruition or happening, just kind of look further. Something might be in your way that is just preventing you from achieving. And I just feel like with myself, I'm definitely going through this currently as we speak. Um, I definitely have kind of not kicked, but kicked some people out of my life, kicked some stuff out of my life that no longer serves a purpose. So definitely just take this time to kind of, to kind of like gather everything that you feel is important to you and just kind of take it and run with it because the the time of the year is going to be dark, which is a perfect time to just kind of just, just reflect, reflect on everything that you feel you need to achieve these goals and like inspirations as, and just kind of live your life and just go from there. So might it be uh, before this ends uh, amethyst don't get off right away. I have, something to tell you okay okay Okay. sounds good okay has this helped do you have any ideas that work for you and want to share leave us a comment in closing thank you for joining lady sonica amethyst and myself for today's episode come back next friday when we discuss ethics should be interesting so until next friday stay cool stay safe and stay weird so mode it be so mode it be Join Desert Jen and Obsidia Musette Sage next time on Crones of the Wild Wasteland as we chronicle the ways of the witches. Care for yourselves and one another. Keep the strengths of the witches close to your heart and spirit. By the powers of the north, west, south, and east, we bid you hail and farewell. <laughs>